As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello out there, we are on the air. (laughs) It is Raptors Day today. Welcome to Jurassic Pod. I'm Eric Corrine, uh, here back in the Eastern Time Zone. Give a uh, warm, is it Eastern Daylight Time or Eastern Standard Time right now? I can never remember the difference. We're going, we're going, isn't this, we're in, this isn't standard, right? We go to standard when we go ahead? I, I have no answer for you, so if you're not certain, I'm certainly not certain. Give me a warm Eastern <laughs> time zone welcome to, for the return of Holly McKenzie. Holly, how you doing? I'm doing okay, I think, which is better than the Raptors, I, because at least I know that I'm doing what I think is okay. You're doing okay, you think. It, uh, it's been a week. Uh, it's been a, it's yeah. been a two years, but hey, it's been a week. Is there a name for you? Like, you know how two weeks is called a fortnight? Yeah. Uh, is there like a name for a two-year period that, like, just one word? There should be. I mean, maybe there shouldn't be. <laughs> like, there's a decade. There's yeah. There's a half decade. There's certainly not a fifth decade. That's not a thing. It could be, but, like, why would it be? I, my, anyway. I, my wish is that no one ever needs to come up with a, a word for that because I don't want any other generation or era of humanity to have this, these past two years so well yeah. i think we're going longer so we're uh, gonna have to come up with a word for a longer period than, than two years <laughs> uh welcome i am the ray of sunshine um, 2022 two uh so yes the toronto raptors as you alluded to are in a weird uh liminal space <laughs> shout out to bo burnham Somewhere between being good and bad, uh, I guess we do have a word for that. It's called average. The Raptors are 22 <laughs> and 22. Uh, this week, they lost to Dallas in a familiar script. Uh, hard fought, close game, lost in crunch time. Luka Doncic, very good at basketball. Uh, they played another game against Washington, another familiar script uh, specifically related to the Raptors and Wizards because those two teams <laughs> can't play a normal basketball game. Uh, the Raptors went to, had, had like, I think, a first quarter that was worse than anything I saw against Portland on Sunday. 
uh, and then played two amazing quarters and then coughed up the entirety of an 18-point lead only to win the final minute seven to nothing. Totally norm- normal stuff uh, when, when you factor in the Raptors and Wizards. <laughs> and then they got down by 34 against the Blazers, including scoring 34 points and a half uh, in the first half. Truly abysmal basketball. Made it close via a patent Raptors press-oriented comeback and eventually losing to the resurgent Portland Trail Blazers <laughs> by nine. Um, Blazers are good. The Blazers are good, kind of. They, they played a really strong... I mean, I know they blew all that, but they they look like a team. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's good, but this isn't a Blazers podcast. This is a Raptors podcast, and Holly, I'm confused. Yeah, they're, the Raptors are also confused, I think. Um, yeah, uh, Washington game? Ugh, ugh. Uh, got to see Fred Van Vliet start the... I think he started the fourth on the bench, and I was, like, really happy. Yeah. I was like, damn, he's going to get the night off. This is great. Stupid me. Why would I ever think that in any game this year, the, let alone the second, against the yeah. the Wizards? The second Bradley Beal... Like, I, his first <laughs> shot, I was like, oh, it's fine. I, I don't remember what his second shot was, but I'm like, okay, it's happening. Yeah. Like, a Bradley Beal-led comeback that we've seen 2,000 times is, is definitely happening. Like, I didn't think they'd tie it, but... You know, if it if it got down to a two possession game or a one possession game, I wasn't going to be surprised. So, uh, uh, yeah. What's your <laughs> what What's your craziest Washington Raptors memory? Like, what stands out to you? I mean, there's been I a mean, million, but for fir- you specifically, the first thing I think of is probably the Mo Pete shot. Right. The second, but thing you I weren't think like you didn't. Is, that was like no. I, I was in a bar yeah. watching that game. Uh, as, like I was before I was writing. Were we old uh, enough regularly. to be in bars then? Yeah, it was two thousand seven. I want to say, uh, yeah, because it was Mo Pete's last year okay. with the Raptors, okay. and he was in the playoffs that year and had a big game five to right. help the Raptors stave off elimination against the New Jersey Nets. Uh, so that was the year I was twenty one or turning twenty one. So I, I was at uh, Hoops, uh, no longer existing, <laughs> at Young Aww, in college. That's a bummer. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then I think of the John Wall step-over game that was either a double or triple, triple overtime. overtime. I think yeah. it was 134-132 final, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. That was also right before All-Star, right? Uh, is it right before or right after? I can't remember. Uh, uh, sure. You know, yes, let's just say. It was in February. I remember that one too because it was my first game ever stringing for CP. Oh, I had yeah. never what, done what what a what a time to be alive. I had never done like a <laughs> deadline print piece before. Like it has to be in at the buzzer for print, which I mean you obviously had had tons of experience with. But my my deadline writing, I say deadline in quotations because it was for web, which you know isn't real compared to like print deadline but they have expectations at cp like they're they're trying to get it oh of course to... of course that wasn't i meant that yeah. like my experience had oh, been yeah, the yeah, deadline's yeah. No, not I got you. I got you. not yeah. strict but for print obviously it is so it's pretty nervous and then it just so happened that i was like wasn't supposed to do that game but then they wanted me to like fill in i forget why and i said yes and then i realized afterwards that i was supposed to be covering a concert that night as well but it was a rap concert and it wasn't supposed to start the artist wasn't supposed to be on stage until after midnight so they said you know if you're there by 12 30 you'll be good and i thought oh like 
of course I'll be there by midnight. By 1230, I'll definitely not be at the arena. Where was the concert? Um, uh, forgetting the name of the venue. Why can't I remember? That's bad. Uh, it wasn't far. Like it was on Queen Street. Like it wasn't okay. super anyway, far. Quite- Go on, sorry. Anyway, I definitely was late. <laughs> I still was not there at twelve thirty, but uh, the the artist was also late. It was late. I was I was I was gonna say the artist was like on time for being not. Well, on he was time. supposed that to be on at like surprising. ten, and they told me to come at twelve thirty. Anyway, I it, it worked out. I made it, but it was like I was so panicked. I was panicked about the deadline, and then I remember after the second deadline, second overtime, I was really scared. And you told me just keep writing, you'll be fine. And then our colleague Ryan Wolstadt was getting like <laughs> increasingly zany as the overtimes happened, and I honestly yeah. thought that you were maybe gonna throw your laptop <laughs> when the third overtime happened. So I always think of that when I think of the wizards and it makes me think of Olstad and laugh and you and laugh and also it makes me thankful because you did make me feel like it would be okay like you just have to keep writing and that's what I did yeah um <laughs> similar I remember Sean Fitzgerald uh my colleague at the athletic one of his first games uh was there a Razuel, Razuel Butler failure yeah inbound? to get the ball in yeah was the it inbounds. against the Lakers uh yes um, I think it was because I, th- I think that might have been his first game and there might have been some like Kobe heroics as well. Yep. I-, I apologize if I'm conflating games, but like I remember looking back at him and just him having like similar like, what the <laughs> hell is this? Uh, writing basketball on deadline is will prepare you for anything. For any uh, sport, right? It's any, crazy. Any sort yeah. of writing. Um Anyway, we we can the there are slight ways I disagree with that, but I don't think we can go all the way down that tangent. Uh, the Raptors lost to the Wizards. They or they no, beat they the won. Wizards. They won against the Wizards. Beat yeah. the Wizards. Lost the Blaze. Lost to the Blazers, and I am confused. Uh, so, since that Phoenix game, <laughs> uh, which you know, again, another thing that feels like it was six years ago. Yeah. It yeah. was about two weeks ago. And that seemed to be a positive, like the Raptors had just won six games in a row. The competition had been, you know, meh to bad. And that close loss almost validated the winning streak. Right. And in the seven games, including that one that have followed, they have been among the worst offensive teams in the league. They have the second worst offensive rating. They have the worst true shooting percentage. They have the slowest pace in the league, which is obviously not just them that's contributing to that. Like, you know, if you're a defense, you almost don't want to have the <laughs> fastest pace in the league because you want to be holding your opponents to longer possessions in, in a, on, you know, as, as a general rule. Uh, they are 22nd in free throws per free throws attempted per possession. They have the fourth worst three point percentage. Uh, it's been really bad. That, it has looked that, that bad. That correlates with the minutes conversation that we had last week and appear destined to have for a little bit yet. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to get big picture about this because if you had told me before the season started that the Raptors' biggest flaw was going to be their half-court offense, I would have said, yeah, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Uh, And for a while, they were able to mask that by creating a ton of turnovers, by uh, getting a bunch of offensive rebounds and and 
just getting such a high volume of transition opportunities mm-hmm. that it they'd be able to make up for it in terms of just how much they were scoring on a nightly basis, just in raw numbers. And that's why they, we kept on talking about number of field goal attempts because they wanted to win the possession battle. And that happens by causing turnovers and it ca- happens by winning the offensive rebound battle. Of course, in <laughs> the playoffs, which eventually we want to be thinking about, if not this year, then in years to come, uh, the ways in which you can manipulate those things sometimes become lesser. Saying all that, how concerned should we be about the offense and <laughs> how much, I know these are big questions, and how much do you think that the minutes, uh, and Chris Black of Sportsnet had a good stat that the Fred Van Vliet's minutes average over the last seven games is higher than anybody's seven-game average has been over the last three years. Um, So how much do you think the minutes are contributing to whatever is happening on offense? Yeah, it's not great. (laughs) Uh, All those things that you mentioned, uh, you know, forcing turnovers, being out in transition, hustle plays, offensive rebounds, creating extra possessions, that requires energy and hustle and effort. And it's harder to do that when you're playing a million minutes and you're doing that night in and night out and you're tired. So I think that's definitely where some we're seeing some of that. Um not be there uh but yeah i i one thing i noticed um in the portland game especially or at least from my viewpoint just watching from home you may have noticed this in person you may not have and i don't want to like put myself in any player's mindset because obviously this is just what it appeared to me watching um fred who normally is like a very like super competitive, super aggressive, like fired up guy on the court, but he's usually pretty like calm, you know, like he's usually pretty like whatever. He looked so frustrated in that game from the jump. And I mean, why wouldn't he be? They were losing by 20 after a quarter, but he picked up a technical in the first quarter, which is rare. That's a rare Fred thing. And on on that play, he pushed uh, Yusuf Nurkic because he couldn't push an official. I think that, like, <laughs> like that's that's clearly what it was. Yeah. He was mad at the yeah. no call and he was like, I got to push somebody yeah. and I don't want to get suspended. So, <laughs> And Fred especially is the guy that he is not going to be, you know, just casually picking up texts and giving back money to the league. That's just not, that's not Fred. And that uh, it wouldn't be me either. Um, but yeah, he looked frustrated and maybe it's just because the game was terrible and there was no offense and they couldn't seem to even just like run up the court without, you know, turning the ball over, making a mistake, whatever. But maybe it also is that <laughs> the wear of the season is here. Yeah. Uh I don't think he would ever complain about that. I don't think he would ever say... In fact, he has done the opposite. Yeah. He has said that he... Uh, is fine with the minutes and I, I would say probably more enthusiastic than fine. Uh, like he's up to the challenge and is uh, doesn't think it should be pinned on Nurse. And, and I think as we discussed last right. week, and I don't want to harp, harp on too much, like in that this is a problem, there is a lot of quote-unquote blame to go around. Uh, and it's certainly, you know, <coughs> management, coaching, players, like they all wear some of it Mm -hmm. and uh i don't 
really want to litigate that further. But saying that, uh, Van Vliet, before these last seven games, uh, had a true shooting percentage, so that factors in uh, three-pointers and free throws, uh, of 58.8%. And that was a career high. Uh, Since then, and so in the seven games that have followed, uh, he's been at 49.2%, which is not good. Mm -hmm. The Raptors are at 49.8% over those seven games, uh, which, as I mentioned, is last (laughs) in the league. Uh, let's not Scott, let's not mention it again. No, no, Scotty Barnes' uh, true shooting percentage is down eight point two percentage points. OG Ananobi's shooting percentage is down seven point two percentage points. The only guy of of your main guys, and we can't include Gary Trent in there because he was injured until right. two games ago. Uh, Pascal Siakam is down one point nine percentage points. So he's more or less held within a mm-hmm. reasonable frame. But mm-hmm. the other. Three guys who are going to be taking the most shots, usually, uh, are really down in terms of efficiency. And those are the guys that are (laughs) logging the most minutes. Yeah. So it is tempting to conflate, to to say there's causation here. Uh, I always get causation and correlation in my brain. Like, correlation means there's a connection, causation means there's the like the reason correlation means that you can see how these two things are are interacting at the same time, but it doesn't mean one is causing causing the other. other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if, if, you know, there was an orange drought in the world and you, I I don't, let's, (laughs) we're good. I got it. I got it. All right. I, I don't even know where I was going to go with that. I was curious. Uh, yeah, but I, I just, sometimes in life you got to cut bait. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, Continue. Um, I will say that clearly after Van Vliet went, you know, crazy over that six-game winning streak, and even before then, um, as was witnessed by you yelling at me for giving a man an A in a, on a report card last Should have been last, an A+. Plus. Uh, uh, I think it's clear that that teams have adjusted how they're playing playing him. Mm-hmm. There is a lot more pressure on the ball, both in ball screen situations, but also like there's uh, obviously a point to pick him up in transition earlier, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously makes it more important to get him off the ball, frankly. And so when like a game like Portland is the ultimate example, not that he was on the ball like you know, way more than other games, but they, that second half was almost entirely defensive pressing, which (laughs) takes a lot of effort. Yeah, honestly, it was very impressive that the team was able to like dig in and give that effort. I mean, of course they had to (laughs) after the first half that they had, but the fact that they were able to find the energy and the effort to do that for the entire second half was commendable in my opinion yeah so not not easy minutes but the defense the way defenses have changed and understood the importance of especially when trent is out the importance of van vliet and his shooting ability uh and have made those shots harder to get off cleanly that's a huge factor and every visiting they're just playing better defenses like and also uh, every visiting coach who's come through has suddenly is suddenly talking about Van Vliet. They're talking about him being a nightmare. He's the guy who keeps you up at night. You're thinking about him. Who's playing better. Like he's definitely gone from this guy's good to like, this is the guy we're game planning for basically. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Uh, so of those seven games, uh, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Dallas, Miami, those are all top eight defensive teams. And so, like, they're going to be on their you-know-what a lot more <laughs> than the bottom ten and our bottom eight uh, teams which the Raptors on, on defense, which the Raptors had seen prior to that. Uh, so, big picture, <laughs> how much better can this offense be a- and what needs to happen for all for, to get like, you know, I think the upper end of their half court offensive potential is probably something like 18th with the current roster. Uh, and that might be being optimistic, but if they want to put a scare, let's say the goal is to put a scare into a team in the first round, like a, a top seat, like, like, let's say that's a realistic goal. Um, the Raptors will need to get to that high end, I think. That's fair. Uh, so yeah. what needs to happen? Is the answer on this roster or could it be on this roster? Yeah, it's so hard because that, str- that winning streak, I know that you had talked a lot about the competition that they were playing and guys being out, but that was such a tease, you know, <laughs> like they looked good, like really good. And yeah, I think like the biggest thing to me still, um, obviously we've talked about the minutes, but it's also the supporting cast. Like I feel like they haven't really figured out what they're going to get from the bench on any given night. Um, or yeah. even just how much the bench is going to play. Yeah, um, like you don't even need bench scoring necessarily, although like that obviously helps. And and if they were really focused on bench scoring, they could start different players. But they just uh, need I, a I, I don't bench. think that's the point. <laughs> they need like a predictable yeah. number of minutes and yeah. predictable role filling. Yes, um, they need to know that they have a bench that will be used each game. And I don't think that that, there hasn't been that consistency at all. And obviously that is correlated to <laughs> the the minutes conversation that we've been having. Um, but yeah, that is the part that really bothers me, worries me, I guess, more than bothers me. Um, I will say that in the second half against Portland, it was really fun to see Delano on the floor with Fred. I liked that. That was fun. I would like to see more of that. Thoughts? Uh, Delano was good. It's a rough world when you're the guy coming in to, like, correct a 22-point deficit or whatever. Also, Uh, when you're a rookie and that's your role, like, basically, you're not going to play unless the game's out of reach. And then we're expecting you to come in and make an immediate impact. (laughs) And he did. Like, they, I mean, he was a huge part of that trapping in the second half. The first half, not as much of an impact. But, I mean, obviously, that's a guy who's tailor-made to be part of a, a tr- of a press effort, a full-court press effort, uh, just because he's so long, able to recover really quickly. Um, yeah, like, it, it's... <laughs> and saying that, like, you know, we asked Pascal Siakam about the pressing, and his, re- his answer was the correct one. This is the NBA. You can't do that a full game. Like, NBA players are too good to, to hit you... To hit a team up with, uh, first of all, it's too tiring to do for 48 minutes. <laughs> Second of all, you know, the Blazers are missing their best ball handler and Damian Lillard. If, if they had, and similar, I believe, in that Dallas game from all those, from 2019, 
end of 2019, 2019, 2020, when they had the 30-point comeback, I think Luka Doncic wasn't playing as well. Mm -hmm. So that was another case in which the team's best ball handler uh, wasn't playing. So it's just not a sustainable thing, uh, which makes you wonder what Banton's role could be on a night-to-night basis on this team. And I think that's where we keep having problems. It's like, who should be the guys? Um, But saying that, he was good. He really helped that effort. And it's just crazy we're in a spot where the Raptors are relying on a second-round pick to really have to prop up Come in and non-existent bench. Um, I did. I want. I noticed. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you. I'm guessing you probably saw, but I noticed the Raptors PR um, team tweeted an hour ago that the team is assigning Delano, Malachi, and Utah to 905, and they're expected to be in the lineup tonight, which is Monday night when the 905 host the Westchester Knicks. Um, is are you at all surprised about any of that? I mean, it's the first time we've seen Utah go down, so in that sense, it's a bit of a surprise, but I almost think it's a good sign if you like Utah, uh, because like Nick Nurse has spoken about him so positively, Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's a sign that he believes in him as a player and needs to find him an opportunity to find his rhythm, because the minutes he's getting are as a fifth guy, the, you know... You've seen the Raptors' offense. It's not exactly generating a ton of <laughs> wide-open looks on the weak side, which is where Utah Watanabe yeah. will get most of his looks right now. So just to get the ball swinging to him, to like get him used to touching the ball, maybe not on the weak side, like some more secondary creation as opposed to just stand in the corner and wait or, or slide around the perimeter and wait, I think that's a good sign. Um I think that, you know, obviously obviously it has to do with the lack of minutes, but I, I think he wouldn't be getting this run if the Raptors didn't think he could be part of the medium-term solution for this bench problem. So that's my reaction to it. Does that seem crazy? Yeah, no, I, I was look? really happy to see it, yeah. just because since returning from protocols, uh, he hasn't really had a great stretch at all and also the minutes have just really not been there to the extent that I would have expected um prior to that so yeah I think it'd be good for him I think it's good for all of those guys to get time and find their rhythm like you said and also just like for Malachi and Delano to keep getting reps in I think that's crucial if you're gonna be able to make an impact um you know at the NBA level and you're not getting it yeah um before I get into another big picture question I want to talk about Gary Trent Jr. very quickly uh, he returned from injury against Washington. Uh, I believe he went four for 12 for 13 points if memory serves, uh, and made some very big defensive plays after sort of, after losing a few players on back cuts earlier in that game. Uh, his defense was, was really commendable, uh, late in that game. And I thought he was a big reason why the Raptors, I mean, they didn't hold on, were eventually able to win. Uh, <laughs> he, had thir- he had 13 points against the Blazers. Again, uh, again his old team, uh, a lot less positive to say about that performance, although he's certainly not the only one. Four for 15 from the field, four for 11 from three. Uh, I think we're both of the mind that Trent's, both his shooting and his ability to like soak up a few positions 
possessions rather as a uh, as somebody who can get a defender on his hip and, and you know get a floater going. Uh, that type of you know offense that allows Van Vliet to take a, a bit yep. of a break, yep. maybe not having to move off the ball even so much. He can you know chill in the chill in the corner, uh, John Wall style. <laughs> um, that, that's. That that was mean slander for a guy who hasn't been. I know to play, but, that was but, out of nowhere. Yeah, maybe all this wizard. It's because talk I was just going to say yeah. it's because we've been reminiscing on yeah. wizards. Yeah, um, for sure. So, like in theory, he is a welcome addition, as would be any healthy body who the Raptors and Nick Nurse trust. Uh, but not exactly the most sterling first two games uh, back from his ankle swelling. What, what have you seen from him? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I haven't, like, nothing has really stood out, you know? Like, I haven't, it hasn't been like, oh, wow, like, that's exactly what this team has been missing, or, whew, like, glad he's back. But obviously, you are glad that he's back. And like you said, there were some defensive um, possessions, especially in the Washington game, where you're like, oh, right, like, this is so nice, (laughs) they need that. Uh, And of course, they need him on the floor for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, But I don't think it's, like, surprising that his return has been up and down. I mean, anytime you're returning, it's going to take some time, especially when you're returning to a team that hasn't really been playing up. <laughs> What's the word I'm thinking of? I'm trying not they, to be. They negative. are playing up to its competition. They're also playing down to their competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess, I guess, not setting the tone themselves. Uh, so yeah, it's harder to it's harder to join a team that's kind of floundering than to come back to a team where everything's rolling. So it's funny. Like you say, you don't know what to think about Trent. Like I was sitting there watching the Blazers game and I'm like, what do, what do you even write about this? Like there's, there's no conclusions to draw from. Yeah. Like, like it just feels like both of those games and also the wizards game. It's cool that the Raptors won like awesome, but it just, it isn't a game you really come away from feeling great about. So like, to both of those games. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have Gary Trent back. Yeah, of and I course. Think, Although I I know, w- I'm going to miss seeing his outfits on the on the bench because they were really fun. Well, his hopefully, commitment, hopefully his commi- the social media team can can be on that pregame. <laughs> uh, his commitment to-, to turning his Gucci sweater inside out because it was double sided. His commitment to turning it inside out at halftime so that it was the reverse for the second half. Just perfect. That was my favorite part. My Because fa- that to me illustrates that he is having fun <laughs> with his fashion and he's enjoying it. And that's really all that matters. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it's it's good. Welcome back, Gary. And uh, the sooner he finds his form, uh, it, it should go, I don't want to say a long way, but a significant way to helping the Raptors offense look more... Oh, for sure, mediocre, yeah. As opposed to just bad. Also, um, please get is, well soon, is, Cam. Yeah, some uh, screening <laughs> and movement would, would really help. Uh, I, I think, what is this? Friday will be two weeks uh, from his breaking his nose. Uh, Nick Nurse said it wasn't, it wasn't after the injury that he said he'd be out for 10 days to two weeks. It was, it was a few days after. Uh, so if he's, you know, I, I think on that timeline, maybe early next week you see him return, but uh, that is the last we heard about his return. Uh, and th- they could really use him. Uh, maybe you have a conversation about your starters at that point, although I don't think so. Nick Nurse said he's going to be rolling with these five guys for now, uh, and I see the reason. 
we can scrap that for now. I did say that as that Portland game was going on, I had trouble figuring out what I was going to write about. Uh, what I settled on was a question a lot of fans didn't want to hear. And I, I wasn't no. I wasn't asking the question so much as I was preparing people to have to ask the question again. I don't like this. I haven't had any chance to read anything today because I've had a bunch of calls and interviews to start this week, but now I'm nervous. I also already do not like yeah. it. So I, it's just, let's consider this an introductory conversation into it. We are not declaring one way or another which way we would answer no. just some initial thoughts here. No, yes, it's it's I I am I am talking. So yes. Uh, I'm gonna what, say I'm leaning towards no, but continue. Uh, no, that is definitely the answer that you will come up with. Okay. Uh, the Raptors are twenty two and twenty two. They are, you know, tied for eighth, as I said. Uh, they have the eighth best net differential in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they are an average team in the Eastern Conference. Moreover, Seeds 7 through 12 are separated <laughs> by four and a half games. Uh, the Sixers, who are currently in sixth, are ahead of the Hornets by one and a half games. Uh, saying that, I think of the top six, we'd probably agree that the team most likely mm-hmm. to... F- I, I think the Sixers could, like, without... If they don't trade Ben Simmons and get something back, it's plausible. Well, Embiid is also like scoring but, yeah, 50 Embiid points is in 30 minutes. Like so a cool. Low key MVP <laughs> consideration. Uh, but the Cavs and the Sixers, maybe they fall back to the group. I'm of the mind where I think it's those six teams the Heat, Nets, Bulls, Bucks, Cavs, and 76ers. Those are the six teams that will end up in the top six seeds. That's what I believe. I'm not saying it's ironclad. I'm you don't think the Raptors will end up in the top six? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, there are also three teams, the Pacers, Pistons, and Magic, uh, who are not going to make the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. The Pacers currently are six games back of 10th. Uh, okay. So it's do- it's doable, but with all the chatter about trades as well, like it, it would be a surprise. They had a great uh, win against Golden State the other night, by the way. Yeah, so maybe we shouldn't. But for now, let's let's just for the sake of conversation, uh, and they do have a, a net rating that is much better than their record. Uh, like they're only minus point, uh, or their differential per game is minus negative point nine, uh, so <laughs> okay. not even a full point per game. Uh, and they are seventeen and thirty. So you do the math. I'm guessing they've lost a lot of close games. Um, but uh, they've, they've blown out a bunch of teams and lost right. the, the sort of like the Raptors before they like uh, did what they did last year. Which brings me to the question. And that question is this. Play in for what? No, Ellie? you you want to finish <laughs> the season out to see where you are and you want to make the playoffs. Even if it's just because you want young players like Scotty to have playoff experience as early on as possible. I do not support for what? <laughs> and I guess you were right. In my, <laughs> uh, in my article, I wrote that this season is a lot different. Than it's a lot different. Season. Yes. Yes. So here are, here are the reasons. One, Scotty Barnes. Yes. He's like... 
the you know the reason they answered playing for what with their response last year, which was to give you know liberal rest to a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, to get Scotty Barnes <laughs> was to get better. Well, was to get yep. better lottery odds. Then they got lucky in the lottery, got them Scotty Barnes. So they have a guy who they want to have more meaningful minutes, as you pointed out. And the the more development he can do now and the more used to he could get to high-level, intense basketball now, the better he should be for it in the future. That goes to the Raptors' other players as well, but I mean... OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet are pretty battle-tested at this point. Listen, with the uh, season that Fred Van Vliet yeah. has had, he also deserves to be playing for something. Yeah. Um, His A-plus first half of the season. Yeah, a solid, <laughs> solid A. Um, there's also, they are playing in Toronto mm-hmm. in front of, at some point, hopefully, in front of fans. Uh, I say hopefully, as in the situation allows for it. That's not a criticism of the... Also, also uh, not to interrupt you, but just going back to that point about the Portland game on Sunday, the fact that they were able to do that comeback without fans is also remarkable. Like, can you, imagine... Can you, can you imagine how loud it would have been oh, if my goodness. there were fans? Like, and that's... I, I was just on the radio uh, on 1050, and I said, like... You know, uh, the fans aren't an excuse, uh, and if anything, it should be an advantage for them because they're the team that's most used to it right now. Right. But, like, if the fans are going crazy, does Ben McLemore and Nazir Little hit every open shot? Yeah, 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 no, it would have been insane. I don't know. Like, it's not an excuse, certainly. But but just imagining that comeback and the noise when we've been deprived of it for so long makes me want to cry. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, back to what so, you were saying. Yeah. Uh, fans, after such a long time, deserve to see some competitive basketball. And I think the third would, third thing that would be is this year is an experiment. And the experiment doesn't stop until, like, you are definitely out of it. If you shouldn't happens. make the decision to, yeah, you, to you end have the, the de- yeah. experiment. Yeah. Um, now, there's a point if, like, you're on the fringes of being in it where maybe you, you pull the shoot, but it's, uh, like, and that's why I'm saying I'm not asking the question, but the vast likelihood is they are going to be playing for play-in seeding or to make the play-in tournament, and this year's draft isn't as stocked as last year's draft was, uh, you know, assuming they don't have another jump in the lottery you know, there isn't a huge difference between picking ninth and picking 13th or whatever. Uh, but saying that, you know, having more options in the draft is still having more options in the draft, whether it's weak or strong. So I, I think at some point there could be a case for it, but I think that you'd have to... This year will present more compelling options to prolong answering yes uh, would be my comment. Like, I think they could get to that place, but it will take more than last year. I say play in or bust. <laughs> <laughs> also, can I just say it occurred to me that if let's say the Raptors do 
make the play-in tournament and they do they make the playoffs as the eighth seed or seventh seed yeah no but if they make it as um, the eighth seed and they face kyle lowry in like i can't even say it without my voice getting kind of high i don't know if you heard that pitch because yeah. oh my god like no no like I could. I it. almost am on the verge of crying just thinking about that. Imagine that. You're not ready for like the no. Raptors being down two zero, having like an, an amazing game three performance, but no. Kyle clinching it with a offensive rebound. Uh, <laughs> no, because what what would be better, the Raptors? <laughs> Like defeating Kyle, like like Fred, kind of like like that would make me want to cry for Kyle. No, oh, no, Kyle has a championship and no. seven million dollars. He's fine. I mean, everybody in the NBA is fine. He's, <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's fine. He's I would it would I would be thing. awful. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Yeah, no. I mean, I would prefer Raptors Nets because then Kyrie couldn't play in a single game, which would be hilarious. Um but Ugh. that's a, that's a different conversation. Uh, <laughs> Ugh, is like, my take let, let, on that. Let me Ugh. tell you, uh, as long as we're going down this road, there aren't a lot of great options here for you not feeling anything. Like Raptors Bucks is probably the one option in which there are no like emotional ties. Brooklyn and I would, has, yeah. Brooklyn has the Kyrie weirdness. And, and if the, the Grayson Allen pulled, op- if Grayson Allen <laughs> pulled any shit on the Raptors in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, the, man. and then the Bulls are another option. The and Bulls the, and the Heat would both be tough for me. But you know what? As much as I love Demar, and you know Demar's my number yeah. one always, the Bulls would be easier for me than the Heat. And I don't yeah. like the Heat. <laughs> like I love yeah. Kyle, but like I, the Bulls are my favorite team this year. Love yeah. them. Love Zach. Lo- lo- I, I love all of them. But that would be easier for me than Kyle. Watching Kyle, like that would no. That's just bad. Uh. Yeah, hashtag too soon. But um, also, this even just this conversation and the excitement we're having and the emotions we're feeling, even though the emotion is like, I will vomit if they're playing against Kyle in the first round, is why you can't you can't say play in for what? Like, this no. is what sports is. It matters. It's fun. Absolutely. So um, did you come to a conclusion in your piece? No. It's a piece I wrote. Do you think I ever come to a conclusion? <laughs> well, uh, you sound... I, I just, well, I, right I was now. just like, I, I am, I, I'm much of your mind. Like, I'm maybe not as much of a, like, No, you Eric, can't you have to say ever. in or out. What is it? Is it in for the play-in or out? You're going to just drop oh, out. I'm, I'm in for the play-in right now. Okay, okay. Um, if it gets to the situation where they're like. What if they're the Pacers? What if they get to where the Pacers are? Then are you're you, out. Then you're saying, then you're saying pack it in? Well, I mean, almost by definition, it would take another 20 games for them to get there. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think of like so, what like, you're... If, if at game 65, they are yeah. six games out of the 10th seed, I would be fine yeah, yeah, with yeah. them okay. turning it down. All right. Um, okay. I just wanted but, to know I mean, where we were. I don't think they're getting there. Like the Raptors are too maddeningly inconsistent to either win or lose enough games to like not be around 500 and to keep themselves in this conversation. Um, like... like you know, it's just interesting because none of these teams have a huge, there's, I would say there's more in the moment pressure on all of these teams than the Raptors uh, is what makes it interesting to me. Well, like, it's crazy like, to see the well, Celtics as the eighth seed right yeah, now. And they're coming on a bit. And Jason Tatum had 51 against the Wizards. So like the Wizards are falling after that great start. Yeah. Uh, like I, I might, like, I think on merit, 
the Wizards and the Knicks are probably the two worst teams in this uh, of those of that middle group of teams, and the Wizards have the worst net rating by far of those six teams. Like Atlanta, New York, Washington, and Charlotte are like all are all small positives. Mm-hmm. Boston and Toronto are are sorry small negatives. The Celtics and Raptors are small positives, uh, and then the Wizards are the team that are the worst, uh, just in terms of points for versus points against. against. And uh, speaking of, I'll, I'll plug my man jo- Josh Robbins writing for The Athletic Washington. You know what his column was about today? Oh, no. What Do was it about? Do the Wizards need to cut down their 11-man rotation? <laughs> oh, wow. That's a that's a different, yeah, that's a different... As uh, I called it, the Alternoraptors. <laughs> different side to be on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be so, a, that would be a uh, good uh, problem to have. Yeah, I think. Well, except like the Raptors are playing a lot better than the Wizards right now. Yeah, but like so, problems are still problems. That's what I always say about first world problems. And also, and the Wizards are not in the NBA's first world, but like let's not minimize problems here. Cause... I know this isn't going to like affect the Raptors in any way, but man, what a tough two weeks for the Bulls injury wise. I feel yeah. very bad for them. Yeah, get well. Uh, Alex Caruso uh that was pretty awful and sometimes you know what was even worse oh yep I know what you're gonna say but say it what what do you think I'm gonna say Milwaukee's response yeah or, to to put to out a, the, yeah, a statement we, we don't agree and we support Grace and Allen but you don't wish Alex Caruso well like really that's what you're gonna do you're gonna take the time to make up a stupid statement a ridiculous statement and then not even wish the guy who is injured and needing surgery well? I'd have to do a deeper dive on it, but I don't think the NBA has a huge history of suspending players for, like, in-game acts. Like, there's a lot of, like, extracurricular, like, punching. Like, like that has nothing to do with the game going on. But, like, what started off... And I'm not. I'm not condoning it. It was a dirty play. He deserved to be thrown out. He deserved to be suspended. The second arm. The second. Yeah. And if it yeah. were my league, he'd sus- be suspended for longer than one game. Like I. I try not to get into a place where the injury has a role in how long a guy is suspended because it should be the action. Like it, You know whether if Crusoe was somehow okay, I, I don't think like that would have been any dirtier of a play like right. it, it objectively wouldn't have been um but the fact that one game is seen as punitive yeah. for what was in a like that second arm like a, everyone watching know, it no question flagrant yeah. too but i think that's where the nba is because i don't think there's just a lot of history in terms of like non-fighting uh or non like verbal altercations that go way too far like just in terms of a play that started off as like if the second arm wasn't involved like that's a it's a hard borderline foul yeah yeah, it's it's maybe a flagrant one so you can see why the bucks or i can see why the bucks might say look he was making a play on the ball and it got out of hand and he had a bad response why are you suspending him like within the context of the league i can see why they came to that conclusion while saying like i think that's a stupid conclusion to come to and uh they you know if anything my suspension would have been harsher for him I'm just not sure the league precedent is there, which is maybe why there is the dissonance that I'm trying to 
voice. But that doesn't make up for them not acknowledging that a player was injured and needs to undergo surgery. That really bothered me. And it also really bothered me that after the game, I think it was after the game. I don't think it was the day after, but after the game, at least, um, he hadn't apologized. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Like, that's, that is just ridiculous to me. Not okay. Um... I don't remember it was just fun. It, it, in yeah. no way is that funny, but it was funny to me, ironic maybe, that this happened right after we had had that conversation in last week's episode about flagrant ones and flagrant twos and how you never know what it's going to be and everything like that. Um, just really bummed. Really bummed for the Bulls for that and for Alex, who's having an incredible season. But anyway. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, let's get to some Twitter questions. Uh, Shave, uh, I don't know if that's his real name or not, uh, Twitter had, handle Shave underscore rarely, so maybe he just doesn't shave oh. very often. Um <laughs> What thing? I thought this was a good question. What thing in your life outside of basketball gives you the same feeling as watching Precious dribble on the fast break? Oh wow! Um, so I have an answer prepared, and I'll let you think about it if you can think about it while listening. Okay, to the answer. You go. Uh, so at first, I was going to say the feeling of Walter, like running out of a dog park. Um, okay. Except he's. He's always, like, nothing bad really ever happens when that happens. Like, he'll usually stop at some point or get distracted, and he'll... I'm knocking wood right now. Um, Hopefully that remains the same. Me as well. Um, Me as well. Yeah. Uh, So, like, there is a lot of fear, but ultimately he has escaped those without harm. What does give me a similar feeling is when I'm in my house, uh, I'm on, like, the main floor. I know we're getting into haughty <laughs> homeownership uh, uh, territory here. Main floor. Uh, Must yeah. be nice to have stairs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think, where's Walter? Uh, and then I look at my basement, fl- uh, basement, the door looking, uh, or the door to the basement, and I see the basement is open. And then I think... What's downstairs? My cat's cat litter. Is Walter eating the cat litter? <gasps> oh, and then is inevitably, this a thing he does? Walter is eating the cat litter. Um, so <sighs> it's that moment of recognition followed by, I know this is how this is going to end and I'm going to be very annoyed. I will say that it's not so much precious on the ha- on the fast break that gives me that feeling. It's more precious when he gets the ball with 12 seconds on the clock and starts to man a guy up, like from 18 or 20. 
Uh, I don't mind pressures on the fast break so much. Uh, I, I don't think it's happened a ton this year, but in terms of like some of his decisions, like midway through the the shot clock, I very much much would rather him be in a place where it's the Kem Birch like hand off and screen and roll. Like I I, I want that to be his <laughs> first instinct, and it's not. And very rarely, it happened once against Portland, but very rarely does it end in a good place when he's trying to create his own luck in the half court. So that that's my answer. Do you have an answer? I do have an answer, but I also have to say, first of all, I thought the question was really fun and was excited to answer it. And then as you went through your answer, it started to feel a little mean-spirited in terms of like I how... Mean, we talked about Precious being good last week. No, like I know, I know, I know. But also, like, I'm not yeah. over the... Do, 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 is it normal for dogs to do that? So there was, we bought a different type of cat litter this time. So we think it has, uh, that has something to do with it. Uh, also, <sighs> I think I've mentioned this to you before. I'm not sure on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Great. Cat poop. Uh, cats do not. Um, you definitely have not mentioned this okay, to well, me. Because I've, I've, I've never heard those words come cats out of your mouth. Cats do not digest uh Okay, we got we got to stop. We got to stop. I they can't. Do not, I don't want to. I don't know. Don't, don't finish. Di- I don't want to hear the rest because it's digest. making me feel. We're good. It makes me feel queasy. We're good. I'm s- apologize to everyone listening who didn't tune in for this. Um, Dogs eat cat poop sometimes. <laughs> any, Go on. Anyway, <laughs> mine. My feeling was math. Math. Math makes me feel this way. So just Cause, like anxious. Because I'm like nervous, but then I often think that I'm on a roll and I'm like, oh no, you got this. You know the principles. It's okay. And then it is not. Like I always have the moment where it's like, no, you definitely, you don't know what you're doing. Like I, I'm words. I'm not, I'm not letter. Or I'm, yeah, I'm words. I'm not numbers. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel you. That's uh, me. <laughs> great question, Shave. Was uh, a great question. Uh, also there, a great Twitter name. Yeah. Uh, from Karen. Um, not that Karen. Uh, are there any other teams whose top slash core players all, are all homegrown the way Pascal Fred and OG are? Um, oh, that's I a good question. Of, yeah. Memphis the Warriors? jumps out. Um, so Memphis uh, has... John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, uh, Desmond Bain. Those are all, I I would say those are the top four guys, and those guys are all homegrown. Uh, The Warriors, Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay are are certainly the the pinnacle of that. They've obviously, I mean, Andrew Wiggins comes in as probably the, the fourth player there, but, I mean, to have three guys around for the better part of a decade and three of the top four players for that long that's obviously extremely rare and uh, they're younger guys too like they have yeah, a few guys. uh but that yeah um but certainly so so they stand out uh who else am i missing there was one other team i thought of uh oh god this is gonna annoy oklahoma me. i guess just um, but not really because that's constantly changing but just looking at the standings here uh I guess I'm not going to remember. Great. Uh, Atlanta until recently, although I guess Capella throws that off. Uh, Charlotte was the other team. Uh, oh, okay, okay. LaMelo okay. Ball, Bridges, Washington. Um, 
Who's the fourth guy on that team? But what, I, guess, what would, uh, I guess Hayward is is the exception. But again, that, those are like three of your top guys who are who are more involved. But then Rogier and so maybe not as much of an example because you have Hayward and Rogier who are big parts of what they do, and they were acquired in uh, either free agency or in sign and trade. I was going to ask you where you would put the Thunder since they're constantly just bringing in picks. Well, but I don't even I know realized, who their core is. Like, it's but then Shea, I realized that Shea wasn't even their draft pick. He yeah, was traded, traded there. I completely, like, in my brain, I've already forgotten about, about his Clippers rookie year. Yeah. So I think the Grizzlies and the uh, Warriors are probably your top two uh, answers. And also there. just incredible teams um also denver is a consideration uh Jokic, murray porter mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of injury uncertainty there so it feels speaking weird, about weird Jokic, whew, what a week that pass uh the <laughs> uh, uh, it, it was like the kyle lowry to og pass but in real but like not an out-of-bounds play like just like a a two-handed overhand Perfect. A pass that was Just, like right in his shooting pocket. Yeah. Uh, He's incredible. Yeah. Last question. Uh, in the short part. No, not that question. Sorry. From Brandon. <laughs> uh, he said he asked a longer version of this in my article. Are we concerned by the lack of consistency from the team's starters? Basically the main rotation. Beyond Scotty, they are all experienced players. We keep seeing variations of this uh, from the like the first half from last night. I'll add the first half against Washington. Um, I think most of our podcast has gone to answering this question <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. one, in one way Brandon's or another. Right on, right on time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is concern, but I think these players, if supported by more depth, there would be less concern. And there would be less uh, examples be less of what we, yeah. yeah, yeah, less inconsistencies, yeah. Uh, uh, like, can this be a championship core? I mean, I think not unless Barnes becomes mm-hmm. a star, star, which I mean, obviously, is the huge variable here. But like, we've already seen Pascal Siakam be the second or third option on a on a championship team. We've seen Fred Van Vliet play a very important role on a championship team, like as the, finals vote as, from you know, the sixth man slash quasi starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, OG Ananobi, I have no doubts can be at the very least like a high end starter for a championship team. So I'm not that concerned. What the Raptors are missing and continue to miss is like one of the top 10 players in the game. So how good, like the ceiling of this team for now is limited by Scotty Barnes' growth. I think that's a thing you can say, but Scotty Barnes' potential growth is is perhaps limitless, uh, which is why <laughs> at some point you have to be able to assess this all um, in, a, in a whole manner, which is why you, you do try to make the play in terms. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say this is why it's not for what. This is why we get Scotty to the playoffs. And then you keep drafting and developing and scouting. And uh, I think, you know, if the if the Raptors want to take a hit, or if I want to give the Raptors a hit for anything, it's for, like, not necessarily following up on that, on those guys with uh, more gems, un- unplucked gems, let's say, uh, in an ode to the tragically hip. Um, for and also, also uh, 
Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. Like they just like they're going to need to find some guys, right? And yeah, and I also feel past, like we need but... to mention that Pascal has been extremely consistent. I think he's been really uh, yeah, good. I think he's been the best Raptor over the last month or so. Yeah. Um, and, and like that's you know factoring in Fred. Like I think Siakam's been great, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not I'm not that concerned by those guys. I think they all have roles to play on very good teams. Uh, are they these exact roles? No, but that's just not where the Raptors are right now. <laughs> um, so the the job for Masai Jerry and the front office is to find a way to get there. There's no one way to get there. It takes a little bit of everything. And most of all, you know, shrewd drafting and development and scouting. And then you got to win some trades along the way and find a guy on a minimum deal and then that's how it all comes together right right <laughs> sounds so simple own. it's not the the the, <laughs> the the complete lack of simplicity about it is almost what makes it comforting like yeah. you you know how hard it is how much yeah. luck is involved with it like unless you can find one of those five players who makes you a contender every year like you have to accept that a lot of things have to go your way, um, which is kind of why it was heartbreaking to watch the Buffalo Bills lose yesterday. Oh, man. I watched all the football this weekend. What a weekend of football. And that that the end of the Kansas City-Buffalo game, it doesn't get better than that. My brother is a huge Bills fan. I feel awful for them. Um, yeah. Uh, like, there's no Raptors comparison because you would have to have a history of being, like, epically tormented by disappointment. Um, and, and, like, the Raptors... I know, like, as Raptors fans, uh, they like to think they have that sort of history. Uh, it doesn't compare to what the... No, listen, have. the whole overtime rules are dumb. It, it is dumb, but, like, you're up 13... You're you're up with 13 seconds left. <laughs> like, even... I, at, the mo- at that moment, I was in the media room. I Like, somebody made a comment about... Uh, them finally getting over the hump. I'm like, this is the Bills. Uh, like, this game isn't over. But even having said that, I didn't... Like, how can you not think the game was over at that it point? It was an incredible, incredible game. But both teams deserve the same opportunity Absolutely. in overtime. And having it to come down to a coin flip is freaking dumb. I a, can't believe I, that this yeah. is how a real sport... I, I just can't believe that. So I'm not it, a football fan, but yeah. I... You know, wow. so I don't know if you know this. It used to be just sudden death. The first points won, which is also dumb. Which but makes anyway. it no. It makes it more frustrating. Uh, like if they just kept it like that, at least they would be stuck in their stupid ways. Instead, they made it slightly better, but just ignored the a issues. Reasonable, yeah. Didn't ignore the issues, but they did not solve it when there is an obvious solution or several obvious solutions. That would make it more equitable. Several better alternatives than what it is now to make it, yeah. Yeah. Like, do, do you want the, co- like, if you don't want the coin flip to matter, <laughs> there are ways to do that. There are multiple ways to do that. Anyway. But what an amazing game. Like, yeah, like, uh, it's, like when you said, like, that's why we watch sports, like, that is, I mean, I'm, like, I was really pulling for the Bills, but my heart wasn't <laughs> in it like a Bills fan, like a right. real Bills fan would be. Like, that, if you were just watching that as a casual, that was, just amazing. Yeah, uh, crazy, I mean, crazy the fact weekend. That you were really into it, like. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Think 
Yeah. I mean, I know, like, I, I knew the Bills are really bad and everyone always expects them to lose and their fans break tables before games <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, really just are desperate for them to win. And I know Mahomes, obviously, but it was crazy. I watched the whole weekend. Every game was nuts. Like, yeah. every um, game was amazing. I will say Kansas City is the rare, like, dynasty or, or dynastic, uh, dynasty adjacent team that I don't hate seeing win because they're so entertaining. Like yeah. Mahomes well, is Mah- Mahomes a, is crazy. He's such a genius level player. Uh like Hill and Kelsey are such like And also it legends, looks like we're watching Jonas Valanciunas on yeah, the football there, there field. Is that. Um, <laughs> so like Kansas City I don't hate them the way like I root against the Patriots or have rooted against the Patriots or like rooted against like the heat at times, um, but the heat, like the oh, the LeBron, like the, the LeBron uh, got it, got super it, got team it. heat, uh, and, and maybe that's just football and things come together a bit naturally, or in the way we consider naturally versus um, players. God forbid, players determine what they want to do with their lives. <laughs> um, see, uh, when it comes down to it, we're all sixty-year-old sports fans, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, anyway, uh, good luck to all the teams. Uh, and I'm sorry to the Bills. I I am a Cowboys fan, and even I am sort of rooting for the Bills to win the Super Bowl next year. Like, if, if you told me the Bills or the Cowboys could win the Super Bowl next year, I might choose the Bills. Um, really? Yeah. And does that make me a Bills fan? I don't know. Like, uh, does that make me... The, I, I just... I want it for my brother so much. Like, oh my God. Every time I see the Bills or hear of the Bills, I think of your brother... Just because you have told me so many times how deep his fandom lies with that team. Yeah. And, he's and like, I don't know anyone else who's a Bills fan. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, we were we were right Sports. on time. And then Sports I, are uh, great. I went down this rabbit hole. That's fine. Uh, if you don't care about football, you've turned it off. If not, uh, hopefully you got something out of that conversation. Uh, enjoy the football games. Hopefully we can get more a more consistent version of the Raptors in the week to come. What are you predicting? Are you predicting anything? Uh, sure. Let's predict some games. I predict they will beat both Charlotte and Chicago. Um, Ooh. I know. Uh, and they will lose to Miami. And then I have to remember they will lose both games to Miami. Uh, no, they will, sorry, lose on the road to Miami. Uh, beat Atlanta on the road. And then lose to Miami at home, and I think that's when we'll be talking to you guys next. Is after that home, that home game uh, against that Miami, back to back. That's five games. So I'll say three and two. Um, that seems a bit bold right now. But, uh, <sighs> I just hope one of the Heat games. <laughs> Looking at this, and I don't feel very positive. I I I just hope <sighs> one of those Heat games isn't the same Raptors Heat game. Yeah. Just That's a my, normal game. And yeah, not this, like the last game. The last game was awful. I hated watching that last game. Just have like a, a vaguely competitive, but not like rock throwy game. And then they play the Bulls right after that again. So it's like, it's crazy that they're seeing the Bulls twice and the and the Heat twice. But we're, we're thinking, what are we thinking about Kyle Lowry? Will we? 
Will we? I, see I doubt him? he's playing in that game. We, we, in, we doubt in Toronto. We'll see him. I, I'm sure. I'm guessing he'll play in Miami. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't think he'll play in front of no fans. Five fans, yeah, five family members. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know what I think. I think that they will win against Charlotte, lose against the Bulls, win in Miami, win in Atlanta, lose against the Heat at home. So, so you're also predicting three and two, just in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. After you said you're not feeling confident, you, you really do find ways to predict, predict <laughs> the good, even when you don't believe in it. Yeah, I, you I, know, believe. I know you do not believe they're going to go three and two, and yet you picked them to go three hey. and two. I, I just, I feel it in my bones that you, that's not actually what you think. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I don't I, think I know, what, I know what you said. I know what you said. I just don't believe it's in your gut what you think. That means you're, like, attacking my character, to be honest. I'm being honest. I believe something is holding you back from saying what you believe. And but you think I, the I don't same even, thing as me. I don't me. even think it's malicious. I know, but, like, you said you were feeling <laughs> negative, and I then was. you predicted them go three and two. How does that work? It's a hard schedule. It is, but that's just what it looks like. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll explore this conundrum later. It's right. really, I promise you, it's not an attack on your character <laughs> more than it's like, I think there is something deep inside you that you subconsciously cannot fight that makes you yearn to will the positive to happen. And I think that's a good thing. Well, I think that's called life. Like, don't we, don't we all want to yearn good things We all to want to, but some of us are able to say, actually, <laughs> as much as I would like the Raptors to go 5-0, and oh, I think they're going to go 1-4. and four. Like, like, But you uh, think they're going to go 3-2, and I two, and I think they're going to go 3-2. and I two. do, but that's what I think is going to happen. I have no question about that. Do you think they're going to go 3-2? and two? I don't yes. think you do. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm... I don't know what I think anymore, so we're just going to end it, okay? We'll, I'll think about it. Full circle. The- we're just confused. How are we supposed to? After next week, you could tell me what you actually thought they were going to do. We're confused, like the Raptors yeah. look confused. Way too Anyhow. long on the end here. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll catch you next week after a week in which we both agree, apparently, the Raptors will go three and two. Stay safe out there. Stay warm. And uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Holly. Thank you. See ya. See ya.